0: My name's Adam Pecora, and welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday. How's it going? You like my high quality production value? Probably could have used that song rights free. Didn't need to look into it. I got a voice of my own. Do just fine. How the fuck are you? We're back. We got a big one today. Whole lot to get into. As always. <laughs> but actually this time. Let me do the plugs. You know the drill. Linktree slash rfet will get you everywhere. RFAT.bigcartel.com for the merch. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfet. We got music, multiplex, wolfex, albums streaming everywhere. We got EPs. We got whatever. Uh, <laughs> check out Justice's stuff, Microwave Minutes. All beautiful things. And they're all linked in the description below, as always. So a little quick rundown there. We're moving on. Because apparently, I don't know if you've heard this before, but people don't like Joe Rogan. Now, why is that? Overall, in actuality, I don't know the answer to that question. But on the flip side, I don't know the answer to the question why people like him so much to the ones that do. I think the podcast is good, you know, depending on the guest, which is a pretty obvious thing. You know, if you don't like the guest, maybe don't listen to it. Or if you're not interested, don't listen to it. Obviously, none of these things have anything to do with the major issue at hand, but we're just laying some seeds here, sprinkling a little breadcrumbs. Okay. Now, I will say I've said this out loud before and gotten a weird reaction, you know, because it's a thing that you don't want to hear. I think that Joe Rogan's the best interviewer on the planet. When I said that, I immediately got a bunch of pushback from whoever I was around. But if you really think about it, like who who's your answer here? Because, like, yeah, is he the most skilled at asking the poignant questions that you want? Not necessarily, no. So I don't mean it in that aspect. Um, but who is interviewing such a diverse array of people and, like, just trying to get... heres the, Here's where it gets ironic. Trying to get as much information as possible. Right? But, I mean, you know, scientists, comedians, fighters... Fucking physicists, UFO guys, conspiracy guys, law enforcement guys. Like, it's like every aspect of anything you could look for, which is awesome. And you're going to get to hear them for four hours. Which, again, depending on your interest level, may or may not be awesome as well. But the overall point is, it's hearing from people that you normally wouldn't get a chance to unless you really, really... Looked for it, but it's just like here. I'm on the most popular show on the planet, pretty sure you'll be able to find it. So, I don't really see where any of the negatives are there. Now, I do understand the current situation, but I also think it's pretty clearly like a targeted attack versus a like, we're gonna do the right thing and the good thing here. Um. But I mean, here's the thing, like if you're a black person and you're just like, I'm out on this dude, rightfully so, anyone else, I kind of don't really agree (laughs) because isn't it just the exact irony of like, oh, like, don't worry, bro, like I got you, you know, like I'll put this guy in check and it's like, well, who's asking, you know? But, I mean, okay, so, like, it's not great. I agree that it's not great, but you see the outpouring of people coming out and being like, yo, this doesn't make any sense. One, like, all the comedians is being like, this is my guy, regardless of the race of said comedian. Uh, And just, like, the very obvious fact that everything was taken out of context. I mean, I didn't bother to watch the video. What's the point? I get the gist. You know, I understand what I'm going to be seeing here. Um, But it kind of all goes back to, I always bring up the Kevin Hart example of like, oh, this video surfaced. Like nothing surfaced. It's been on the surface the whole time. There was no secret. Nobody caught a hidden camera video. There wasn't like a leaked thing. You just dug through what already existed, and you're like, oh, but look at this. Did you know? It's like, it's all been out there. None of this was a secret. That's just what always bothers me the most. Like, nobody, like, did detective work and, like, uncovered something huge here. Like, Louis C.K., for example, openly said the N-word many, many, many times. Somewhat to intentionally make people uncomfortable, somewhat to just be like, I'm saying the word. I watched him say it in front of Chris Rock in like an interview with Seinfeld and somebody else. Bill Burr, maybe? I don't remember. And that was shocking. But I'm my point is like obviously nobody's going back for Louie now. I think he kind of got the damage that was done to him already. Uh, but it would be like if you went to his clip and like look at what he said, and it's like, well, we all knew that. That was already there. Again, that's the reason you know who this man is, is because of this. You know, I always viewed Joe Rogan for a very long time as the fear factor guy, because I was seven when that came out. And I didn't know he did anything else. And then I was like, oh, the UFC. Now he's doing UFC? That's weird. And then after that, I was like, he's a comedian? I literally didn't know the whole time not that that's really relevant but i'm just saying (laughs) i just think that the coordinated effort of it all is really why you shouldn't hop on board because what five days ago it was vaccine stuff which is like shut the fuck up (laughs) <laughs> like okay here's the thing if you don't have it by now you're probably not going to get it and if you if you were on the fence i don't like joe rogan shouldn't be the reason <laughs> to sway you he says that openly all the time and that's the thing like most of the outrage about the show clearly comes from people that don't listen to it and i'm not one of those people's like bro you got to listen to this like it'll change your life it's like no it's just very good conversation a lot of the time and sometimes I'm completely not interested, and so I just don't listen. But regardless, when I do listen, I don't take it as gospel, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, everything this guy fucking says, I need to change my life. I need to get on tea, and <laughs> I need to start throwing kettlebells around. Like, I don't think that way at all. I never will think that way, and he's not going to change my opinion otherwise. It's just like, at some point, somebody needs to take responsibility for their own life decisions. And stop blaming a comedian on the internet. It's just so silly. Uh, Especially because most of his points that he's making throughout the entire thing, again, like if you actually listen to what he says versus like the small clip someone put out to make it look like he said something else, he's always just like, look, this is what I think and I'm interviewing these guys so I can know what to think. Right? Right? And I mean, it is accurate. There aren't treatments for COVID, and they are suppressing all of them. You know, half the goddamn country thought he was on horse medicine. All you got to do is look into it and realize that that is not accurate. And also just listen to him say how that's not accurate, how he got it from his doctor. But once it's already released by someone else as a like, this is a definitive article that is true about what is being said on this show, people are just like, oh, no, I'm not interested. This man does need to be stopped. And it's like, not really. It's just a non-issue. Again, if we're going to go to the slur thing, I get it if you're out. But I do also get that there is a context of things. And if if you're like, I don't care the context, I'm out, then that's fine. But it's just ironic when it's like, oh, we're going to stop this guy for misinformation, but... It's not accurate. Misinformation for who? You know, you you repost a clip and you make him yellow on CNN and just make him look like shit and be like, look at how terrible this guy is from taking this message. That's misinformation. It's fake. You're telling everyone a false narrative. You're telling someone information that is not correct. You're saying, oh, this guy took horse medicine and now his skin's yellow. Like, that's not true. <laughs> Neither part. Yet there's not one critique of that. It's just, it, it's a very clear hypocrisy that shouldn't have any merit. And the thing is, like, what, are you going to kick him off Spotify? That's not going to kick him off existing, first of all. He could just go back to doing the show on YouTube and maybe they'll restrict some stuff. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, to be like, we're gonna get on this company for whatever, the vaccine stuff is so over. It's like 70% of the country has it. If you're still on the fence, like the supply's there. Everybody can just go do it if they want to do it. And even if and if they don't, like, that's fine. That's your choice. But if you're gonna be like the government of the United States of America, and you're going to blame a guy on a fucking podcast for the reason 30% of the country isn't vaccinated or whatever you're trying to spin here, like, it just doesn't add up, he's not talking to fucking quacks, you know, don't, like, ban guys from Harvard from going on podcasts then, like, if you don't want people with, like, respectable titles and all that like you can't say one thing is true and not the other right is it misinformation by joe rogan or is it by the harvard phd and then in that case is harvard not teaching things correctly are we going to put in a full investigation into the harvard teaching wing or whatever the fuck the professor's committee i don't know what they would be called teachers union probably genius but (laughs) i think you see what i'm trying to say here It's just like, what exactly is the issue? The issue is people like this. And like, there's things you don't want getting out, getting out. I mean, like, what are we doing here? And I think it's great that he's getting all this support. and People are just like, I stand with this guy. This guy's my friend. This stuff should have been happening. I think we're f- I think this is a good sign that like we're finally turning a corner away from all this nonsense of like oh he's a meanie <laughs> we better ruin his entire life some guy I don't know like it's very easy to just not watch things in a time when it's very easy to watch things it's also just as easy to not do it ever uh, for months all I heard about was Squid Game Guess how many times I watched that? Zero time. Well, no, that's not true. I gave it like 10 minutes. I hated it and I turned it off. It's not that hard, but I wasn't like, we need to cancel Netflix for putting out a show that everybody's talking about that I'm not interested in. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. People are allowed to say whatever they want. You know, just like me, I could come on here and say a bunch of crazy shit. doesn't make it true. And it doesn't mean you have to listen. I think it's pretty much that simple. Um, but hopefully people come out and support their friends in the future. You would think that that would be a no-brainer at all times. Um, but this shit just has to stop. Of just like, the whole world has to be discussing these topics because it's just so, so shoved down your throat that you pretty much can't avoid it. Like, I don't want to be on here talking about a, like a podcast on my podcast. It's a little silly. Although, I have thought about doing that before, like, as a bit, but I don't think that that would work well. So, <laughs> side note. uh, You know, I just, I don't want to be another guy sitting around talking about Joe Rogan. Enough fucking people talk about this guy. But it, it's just so nonsensical that I couldn't avoid it. Um... But, yeah, I mean, the whole main thing, it it just goes back to what it's been the whole time. Everybody just keeps trying to cancel this guy. And, like, Joe Rogan says these horrific things that, like, trans people shouldn't exist. And then you watch the episode, and he's just like, (laughs) all he says, typically, now maybe there's one where, like, something went wrong. I don't really know, but I've heard him say the same thing multiple times where he's just like, in terms of UFC... If a man becomes a woman and then doesn't tell the other woman and then they fight, I don't think that's fair. And I think that all logic would dictate that he's correct. That would be unfair. And then he has, and then he cited instances where the person did tell the other person and they agreed. And then that's fine, which I also agree with. <laughs> but then like on Twitter, it'll be like, this man said kill all the Jews. <laughs> and it's just like, what? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Twitter's just fucking awful. It's just an angry mob at all times. And for whatever reason, that pressure somehow works. I really don't... I don't get that either. You just see a bunch of text on a website and you're like, we better change the whole business right now. (laughs) It's like, or what? You know? I, I really think... A really good solution would be there should be like a policy that you can't write articles based on what happens on Twitter. Let it be self-contained and then nobody else has to worry about it. You know, why am I opening my news app and the first thing is like Twitter stuff? It's like if I want, I've, I've said this a million times, if I wanted to be on Twitter, I'd go on Twitter. But I don't, so I don't. Yet it just keeps hammering in my face fuck honestly I'm glad the Olympics are happening we need more we need more Twitter outrage at China let's get the enemy the real enemy okay we got to take those bastards down And, and that's the thing people on Twitter are probably like did you know the way people are treated in China it's like yeah most people do it's a pretty terrible place for a lot of the people that live there as far as I'm taught I guess that could technically not be true, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, let's get that trending. Let's let's let everybody figure out. Like when everybody found out that America was racist last year, nobody knew. Nobody knew it existed till last year somehow. So let's let's make this year or two years ago, whatever. I can't even keep track anymore. Uh, let's make this the new thing. Let's make everybody realize that China's terrible, and then we can try to cancel the entire country that's been around for thousands of years. Because that's the power, right? You got all this power on your fingertips. (laughs) But whatever. I'm sure it'll all sort itself out, and then there'll just be something else next week, the week after whatever and it's also like if your goal is to get people to not listen to it maybe stop talking about it and stop promoting it and sharing it and maybe the audience is that big organically because enough people do like it (laughs) it's so weird how like the irony isn't seen where it's like you shouldn't ever say anything mean about anyone to anyone for anything for any reason ever at all Until there's like a negative thing and then it's bashing that person, anyone who likes or supports that, anyone who's interested in anything similar or aligned with that. And it's just like, how is this not so clear to you that you're being a giant hypocrite? Like, if you're so about inclusivity, then let people like the things that you don't like. That's exactly what is happening in your world. Crazy Internet people. Is those like, I don't know, are you not familiar with a connect the dots puzzle? Because I think that we can make one for you. Have you ever seen a Venn diagram? (laughs) Because unfortunately, you're living in the overlap. If you're so positive, (laughs) why are you so negative? It's just like the most clear and obvious fucking problem. All right, we're going to move on. Because I could loop that same thing for another fucking 60 minutes. And that's <laughs> and that's not what you came here for. You came here for a little jackass talk as well. You know, if you saw the title and you're like, oh, I got to check this out. Maybe you just listen anyway. In which case, love you. Saw the new jackass, jackass forever. Fantastic. To say the least. Uh, I'm gonna do my best to not spoil any of the stunts, really, in the movie, because obviously that's the whole point. <laughs> you know, if you if you even if you hear about one and then you see it, you're like, oh, that's that one I heard about, and then it kind of fucks it up. It's great to never know where it's gonna go because you because you never know where it's gonna go. You know, you never know if it's gonna be like a double prank or whatever. Um, this one was different. I would say the first movie was very loose and a lot more like the show. Well, I don't know about loose, I guess. It was smaller, so that's why it felt more like the show. They There wasn't as much of a budget. They didn't do as much amped up, like, oh, this is the movie when we got to go bigger. Maybe I just haven't seen it in a long time, and that could very well be true, uh, but it does seem like that movie has the lowest stakes in their various stunts and skits and whatever. Uh, number two is probably still my favorite because it's just absolute chaos. That There's just so much brutal shit in that one. They really went big for number two. Uh and then three, a lot of fun. It was during the big 3D phase revival. Twelve years ago at this point. And uh what a blast. Also, like compared to two, I thought it was a little less or so, but it's excellent still. Now this one pivots in a lot of ways. They bring on kind of like a new generation of cast. Um but thankfully since this isn't a narrative film, it's not just another creed formula movie. Uh, there's kind of just a bigger gang. Uh, this one, I said loose for the first one. This one is as tight as anything they've ever done. Now, to me, I look at that as a fault, not a big one. We're just nitpicking here. Um, um, this one had almost no like casual moments, if that makes sense. This movie was basically just a rapid-fire barrage of stunt, 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 stunt non-stop the entire time, Um, whereas now maybe watching back it wouldn't be like this, but I, I felt, even in the theater at the moment, Uh, Like, the other ones just had more of, like, hanging out also in there. Uh, Part of that is because they would also do, like, behind-the-scenes, like, mini-pranks, which was a little bit missing from this one. There wasn't a running gag, a la the hair clipper, which I think was the second one, maybe the third one. And there was just none of any of those things. And some people might be like, F- "Fuck yeah, give me all the crazy shit that they got." Fair enough, no fault of your own. Uh, but the camaraderie, which everyone is saying at this point, because of the times, every article that comes out about Jackass is how it's like the most positive male friendship thing ever, or whatever. And it's just like all this like crazy. Things about how male friendship is blooming in Jackass. Which like while they're not wrong. I would ask you to maybe revisit your opinions on Entourage then. Because that's the point of the entire show. And I really hate that Entourage has fallen off the face of the earth. Critically at least. (laughs) It upsets me. That shows about friendship. It's very clear. Uh, and I mean you you do get that in the new Jackass one. Don't get me wrong. Like they're all still very close, having a great time, having a lot of fun, clearly. Uh they they just I don't know. Maybe they wanted it snappier, did not have a long runtime. It it was kind of over before I knew it. In a good way. You're like, oh, that flew by. I could have watched another hour easily. Um, and I'll also say Not necessarily because of the new cast Like the new cast didn't like outshine anybody And it wasn't like inconsistent in who does what It was all very well put together But the classic cast It does feel like they're more absent Or Hmm How do I want to phrase this? Not even absent It's just that like there's less big group stuff it's almost like let's say Danger Aaron has a stunt it's kind of just like okay it, seem, it seems like Danger Aaron's the only one in the room whereas before it always seemed like everybody was surrounded at all times Um, there were just a few moments here and there where it it just felt off in that regard where it's like, where is everybody? You know, like, why are these dudes almost doing it solo? And now I did also read, uh, I think Wee Man was quoted as saying that it was supposed to be like a giant international production and they were going to go like all over the world and do shit. And COVID fucked that up, which just clicked a lot of things with the production because it did feel very like isolated there's less public stuff which at this point obviously they can't do even the fucking Irving Zisman stuff doesn't work because that's overdone now so I totally get where all that's coming from but like the way each one each stunt like is set up and the way it's presented it does feel like it was done like very isolated to where It was kind of a throwback, kind of a callback to the older ones. Again, they still do a lot of big stuff in this one. Not that that doesn't happen, but there is a lot of just, like, smaller, like... I don't know, less elaborate situations. Like, there was that one where they had to army crawl through... Just, like, walls of tasers and cattle prongs and all that shit. There's not stuff like that. Like, they didn't set up, like, giant set pieces, really. Um now there's some like there's definitely still some big stuff there's definitely some really extreme really crazy stuff um but just not as like specific of things necessarily they kind of like went back to basics a little bit they didn't want to do like Rube Goldberg jackass (laughs) stunts in this one which is totally fine on my end um But yeah, I mean, the guys are also older, you know, can't do as much, more risk of injury, you name it. Uh, So they kind of have the younger people take on the stuff that's gnarlier, where it's like, uh, if I fall, I'll just break my shoulder doing this. Like anything with ramps and stuff. (laughs) It just felt like they let the younger people do all that. Um, But everybody got a real big dose of pain in this one. Um, good cameos, again, but they don't, they just kind of come and go, they're not like, oh, here's this, here's this big guest, Um, and they do very little, like, oh, we're going to explain this before we do it, everything is just very, like, boom, 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 straightforward across the board, Um, so I guess that's just the one thing to be aware of going in, that's basically my review, Uh, (laughs) I would call it I would just say the first one's the worst one. The second one's the best one. You could tie the other two. Because there's some things about both. A lot of dong in this one, which didn't bother me. You know, come on. If it does bother you, uh, maybe Joe Rogan's not the problem. <laughs> um, but because also three was a lot more sentimental, where it's like we they all thought that it was going to be the last run. Probably didn't even think it was going to happen to begin with, much like this one. And, you know, they did the whole thing to, like, Weezer's memories at the end, and it was just this montage of all this stuff, and it was like, holy shit. Uh, And this one was just like, nah. (laughs) We're just, this is how it is. Like, we're back. We're doing jackass. It's not, we're not making it seem like this one's the last one. Although it might be, who knows. Who knows? Uh, if they do another one with an all-new cast, so that would not be good. Like They all still need to be featured. Um, so I don't know if there's a way for Knoxville to like be a host of it and not participate. It kind of seems like it's against the principle of everything that they're doing. Like You kind of have to be involved if you're going to be there. Uh, but hopefully there would be a role. I, I could watch these every year be a lot harder for them to come up with stuff sure but i'm just saying like there, there's never a time when I'm like that, that's enough of this they've done it all like no, no 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 keep it coming keep it coming boys great stuff uh also definitely see it in theaters if you can it's just way more fun being in a group listening to everybody react uh that's my opinion anyway and uh it's crushing at the box office the box office uh, Also, I should mention, I read a thing today that they were like, Jackass crushed Moonfall. And it's like, yeah, who the fuck wants to see Moonfall? And their point was basically, oh, this was a large budget movie, so it should have done better. It's like, yeah, just because the movie has a big budget doesn't mean it's appealing to anybody. Every trailer for that movie makes that movie look horrifically bad and stupid. Oh, the moon's coming to Earth. Okay. Oh, we're going inside of it, and it's like, what is this? Who asked for any of this? They're doing like a hollow earth moon, hollow moon. That's also crap. All of it just seems so fucking dumb. Whatever the premise is, I don't care if I'm right or wrong about that. It looks awful. I'm sorry. That doesn't look like a movie I would ever want to see. And the fact that it wasn't directed by Michael Bay was shocking to me. I mean, hey, though, I get it. If you're in Moonfall, must have been a nice payday. But Jesus fucking Christ, how could you have ever read that script and been like, this is going to be awesome? (laughs) Like, there's just no way. It's fucking stupid. All right. We're going to pivot once again. So, FX slash Hulu or whatever, just Hulu, I, I don't understand. Which is which. Or if this is part of that. But they just dropped the first three episodes of Pam and Tommy. For those of you who don't know, haven't heard, or whatever. I'm telling you anyway, if you have. Uh, <laughs> Pam and Tommy. Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Had a sex tape stolen from their home in the 90s. And it became a massive sensation. Pre-viral viral, for that was a term anyway, very early internet situation. I have no particular interest in this story um, or these two people individually or together. Uh, I saw Seth Rogen's in it. That was a good sign for me. And I was like, fuck it. I'll check it out. I keep seeing ads everywhere, whatever. We'll see how it is. Uh, The first episode is excellent, absolutely excellent. It sets up everything you could possibly need to know. You know what year it is, which is important. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, who's who, who's what, who acts like what, what's going on, Um, like, where did this all stem from? And basically, Tommy Lee was getting work done on his house. He was fucking over his contractors, one of which was Seth Rogen's character. And he fucked them over even further. He just kept wanting changes, 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 didn't give them any money. They tried to get their money. He said, fuck off. And they were pissed and stuck in a lot of debt. And so he comes up with a plan to rob the place which I I hope that this stuff is accurate. I don't know how accurate the actual thievery element was, but uh, hell of a time. This guy lugged an entire safe out on like a fucking hand dolly. Uh, (laughs) So I hope that that part's true. And then the second episode is basically all backstory, so you can kind of understand how Pam and Tommy got together and the whole thing happened. And basically they met at a club and got married four days later because they're both nuts. Uh (laughs) And the people who play everybody are excellent. Now, I don't know how accurate Rogan's portrayal of that guy is, but he's crushing it. He's like, I can't tell if I like him or if he's weird or what the deal really is yet. I'm sure a lot more will unfold over time. Um, he had a background in the porn industry, which basically, they give a, they give all that to, they give you all the info, very straightforward, so you don't have to kind of be like, what? Why, what is this connection? They give you all the connections you need to know, so everything all makes sense, which is nice, and Nick Offerman plays his porn friend guy, and they basically go into business together to put the tape out, which was in that safe that he stole. Um, And so, yeah, in the first two episodes, basically everybody gets their whole origin and you get the setup for the whole series. And then it progresses back. Third episode just kind of melds backstories together and we're in the present. And now it's like, okay, how do we move forward with this tape? And you're like, holy shit, Uh, (laughs) there's a whole lot going on here, but. Uh, What I was saying earlier, the people who play Tommy Lee, especially the guy who plays Tommy Lee, although the chick who plays Pamela Anderson is getting a lot of credit, as well as she should, don't get me wrong. Um, I think I've just seen Tommy Lee speak more recently. He was on your mom's house like a year or two ago, and I was like, oh, nice, Tommy Lee. And uh, (laughs) when you watch a guy talk for two hours, you know, you kind of get a feel for the guy's personality and all that the guy in the show and even at certain angles will look just like him but he acts like he nails it across the board and the chick who plays i i i looked at a picture of her uh the transformation for both of them is unbelievable uh <laughs> but they both look like their characters they both act and sound and everything like it's really really well done i gotta say And uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were like the leads on this show, like the production team getting the whole thing set up. So that was always a good sign. And uh, a lot of nudity, which is fun. Who doesn't love that? A lot of dong. And this as well. Big dong episode (laughs) today. (laughs) And uh, Andrew Dice Clay pops up as like another sleazy porn guy. And it's just great so far. I'm hoping it stays that way first three available on hulu now and uh release weekly after the first episode i will say much better than the second one now i only say that because one i'm not like i said i'm not interested in these people so their backstory not that interested although it is interesting uh (laughs) catch that mouthful So I was kind of like, all right, let's get back to the tape. Like, can we cut back and forth, present and past? Probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Like, narratively, I think that they did the right thing. The episodes work the way that they are. Um, But I'm more interested in the actual crime element of what's happening. Um, Less interested in the Pam and Tommy side of it, which, you know, what are you expecting, Adam? The show's called Pam and Tommy, so, like, I think that they're going to be featured pretty prominently. Uh, but I, I'm just more excited to see where it's going to go to watch the whole thing unfold. I think that that's really where the meat and potatoes, everything is at. Uh, but really, just well well done stuff. So check that out, even if you weren't gonna. Highly recommended. Uh, but don't Joe Rogan me when I let out quote unquote misinformation if you decided you didn't like it. All right, thanks. <laughs> So with that, I will pivot yet again to a topic we all love, the Super Bowl. That's right, ladies and germs. We're almost here. It's this weekend. That's this recording. I'm very excited, as always. Best goddamn day of the year. I will always think that. And... Whew, what's going to happen? You tell me. I'd love to know so I don't lose a lot of money, but I'm going to put a lot of money down. Anyway, I'm taking Bengals. I talked about this a little last week. Not much has changed, I'll be honest, so I'll kind of keep this one brief if I can. I really just don't... Again, unless Aaron Donald is the MVP of this game... I think the Bengals are good. Now, I don't mean like literally he wins Super Bowl MVP. That would probably go to Stafford regardless just because it's all so fucking stupid. Um, Like I get when Brady won for the Falcons game, but at the same time, it should have been James White. I think as I was watching it, I was like, you give it to Brady just because they won the game? But like James White was the MVP. But I get it, the comeback, whatever. I'm just saying. Stuff like that. (sighs) I don't think... Here's the thing. Okay, let's say Jalen Ramsey shuts down Jamar Chase. Let's say Jamar Chase has one catch for seven yards the whole game. Well, who's guarding T. Higgins? Who's guarding Tyler Boyd? Who's guarding C.J. Uzama if he plays, which I believe he'll be good to play. Um, but but that's my point. Like, they're there four a four-and-a-half-point favorite right now, and I, I just don't see it. Stafford's going to throw two to three just backbreakers of bad decisions. He's going to throw gift balls up like he does every game. Every time I see him play, he throws up two or three a game Again, back to the Tart one. As long as the Bengals just catch the ball, like they're going to be in good shape. I think. Uh I don't think their running game is a threat at all. Like at all. They need two men on cup every play no matter what. And they should be fine. Now, I know I mentioned, oh look. Who's going to, if Jamar Chase is covered, then what? I get it. Even if Cooper Cup is covered, who's covering Odell and who's covering Van Jefferson? I I get it, but I don't know. I, I just have too much faith in Joe Burrow. I can't really put it into any, like, exquisite point with a bow on it that's going to make you be like, oh, I see where you're coming from. It's just like, I just believe in that guy. He just doesn't seem like he's going to lose the game. You know, he's not going to be the one to make the mistake that costs the Bengals the game, at the very least. Now, if the Rams get off to a hot start, the Bengals are a second-half team. If things get out of hand, that's going to change things. Because I don't know if you're doing 21-3 to two weeks in a row. Um... So I think if you're the Bengals, you want to score first. You want to get on the board. You want to change up what they want to do. Uh, because if you put Stafford in situations where he where he's like, oh, I got to go score, he'll fuck up. That, that's just my thought. Uh, I think Hendrickson could wreak some havoc. And we'll see. You know? This one, I was way... This one, I'm way less definitive about like last year I was like the Bucks are going to win now maybe on my pod for the Super Bowl last year I wasn't as definitive but trust me I didn't put a dime on the Chiefs I didn't put a backup bet in I'll have a couple this time but with everything with the Chiefs last year with the O-linemen going down the Bucks D being on a crazy level and Andy Reid's son like getting that crazy D line, like, killing children or whatever. I was like, dude, they're not going to just come in and win the Super Bowl with no O-line and, like, tragedy looming over them. This doesn't have that this year. There's no, like, clear lines to be drawn into, like, oh, they have an advantage in this for this reason. I think Aaron Donald is an advantage, and then I think the receiving cores of both teams are an advantage versus the respecting... Respecting? Respective? Whatever. The opposing defenses. <laughs> um, I- I'm just hoping for a great game. And I'm hoping for the Bengals to win. I think that would be sick to see a team get their first ring. Um, It would be cool for Stafford to get one. But... It's not the same as, like, a guy who went every year, couldn't get one. Like, Elway. Like, he's not Elway. Because he never had a chance. He never sniffed it. And the couple games he did play in the playoffs, he was terrible before this. Now, their team was severely undermanned. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were not in position to be winning the playoff games that they were in. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, he was good on a bad team, but he didn't elevate that team. Again, not his fault. The team was that bad. So he did elevate them technically, but not to another level. And so it's like, yeah, I feel good for him. Now he gets to be a normal quarterback and he gets to play in the playoffs. But, you know, am I like, oh, Stafford deserves a ring? I think that that narrative is crazy. Oh, I'm going to root for Stafford because of what he went. Like, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were a loser forever, and now you just deserve a Super Bowl? Come on now. Aaron Rodgers can't win another Super Bowl. It's been fucking what? I was going to say 10 years, but it's been so much longer. <laughs> it's been like 14 years or whatever since the Packers won that Super Bowl. Now, trust me, I definitely am not rooting for Aaron Rodgers when I say that. But I'm just saying, like, that's a guy who's been on, like, a drought who, like, should be there. Nobody ever, like, the all this time in Detroit, people weren't like, Stafford's a Super Bowl caliber player. But, like, the, like you know what I mean? Like, the Lions shouldn't be there because of it. It's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to exactly explain what I'm thinking. But basically, just because you got your ass kicked for a really long time doesn't mean that, like, the world should be rooting for you now. Plenty of guys get their ass kicked forever. They go to a new team and they don't get these opportunities like this. So I'm just saying, overall, long-winded way, uh... Like, no, I'm not pulling for Matt Stafford. I don't think he deserves a ring. I think he deserved to be on a better team, and he got that. And now he's making the most of it. So great for him on all accounts. I just think that narrative, like, oh, Stafford needs to get one. It's like he was never in contention for getting one before. You know? He has just as much playoff experience as Joe Burrow at this point. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Basically. Uh, But can't fucking wait. Very excited, as always. Big money on the Bengals. Little money on the Rams. Hopefully we, you know, worst case break even. Hopefully we win $7,000 or whatever. And I hope you do too. Go Bengals. (laughs) It's going to be a great one. All right? All right. All right. Let's move on yet again for the last time this week. Let's just do a little headline surfing, break things up, and then we'll get out of here. How does that sound? Does that sound good? Good. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's see. What do we got today? Oh, God. I'm already upset. Well... First, the first result that upset me: Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost poke fun at their marriage in hilarious Super Bowl ad for Alexa. Doubt it. Doubt it's funny. Simply because it's an Amazon ad. And second of all, nobody gives a fuck about that couple because the entire world, Colin Jost included, no offense. But they know that she went down 10 rungs. I mean, who are we kidding? Good for him. You know? I'm just saying. How funny could that ad be? And I bet that that's what the ad is. But, uh, whatever. I don't care. I don't want to watch it. I'll have to because it's during the Super Bowl. But I don't care. Why is that the number one trending story on news? Like, nobody cares. All right. Bicyclist. Falls to her death from a rising drawbridge in Florida. Tough stuff, I gotta say. Now, I read this, and I'm a little confused on the logistics. So it said she was 10 feet from the edge of the drawbridge, or the middle of the drawbridge, so like where it would start elevating from. And it started raising, she held on, I'm guessing at the edge, or just like wherever she was standing, um, and then like couldn't hold on and fell, tragically. I guess what I don't understand is, is like, how fast does this drawbridge grow up, go up? Like, you couldn't turn around and get to the other end? And just like go back, and then you'd have to cross it later, which would be annoying. Or because if it's going up that fast, then you couldn't make it to the edge and just jump across, right? Which would also be way scarier. But instead, she had a bike. It's like I don't know. Couldn't she get on the bike and just like go to the other end, or whatever? I'm not judging this person, they got fucked over, and now they're dead, which is the worst thing you could be, uh, and and apparently there's supposed to be somebody who's paying attention so they don't fucking raise the bridge when there's someone on it, because you shouldn't do that, <laughs> obviously, Um. but yeah, I don't know, I'm just interested in that, like, what was the timeline like here or it's like fuck it i'd run all the way to the edge and just try to sit on it once it's fully vert but again a lot of that's dangerous and (laughs) not easy maneuvering especially given the situation with no safety help at all um so yeah that's fucked up way to go florida crushing it as always Well, also, let me just go back to something I just remembered, a comparison that I wanted to make. Everybody is up in arms. It's the biggest goddamn news story in the world because Joe Rogan said words. But a bridge collapsed in Pittsburgh and just that was it. It lasted one day. (laughs) And Biden's like, yeah, dude, I'm trying to pass this infrastructure bill again. You know, I'm not team Biden over here. Not that I'm team anything but i just want to clarify um but yeah everybody's like fuck the infrastructure bill and then a bridge collapses and nobody bats a fucking eye i guess because nobody died so they just got away with it but still i mean how is that not a story we should actually be talking about uh but damn not a lot of interesting stuff in here today i guess i will just also say briefly on the Brian Flores thing, just good for him. I wish the Bears would have hired him. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't believe I did. I don't know if it was even happening yet. Either way, I'm mentioning it again if so. um, By all accounts, everything about him that you could see publicly and have heard, you know, people talk about on podcasts and ESPN and whatever the wherever you get your sports information from, Uh, That he's the fucking man, that he's a great coach, he's great with the players, people love him, people respect him. He is like the utmost professional in all this shit. And I mean, I was shocked he didn't get hired like the day he was fired. I'm surprised he was not the most coveted person to get a job. The Dolphins weren't good, and then all of a sudden they were just good. And again, you know, this year they were not. But then they ended up with a good record, at least like he salvaged what should have been a horrendous season, which apparently would have been something the owner would be into. Um, and the guy just gets no credit again in Miami overall. I think the general consensus is that this whole thing is fucked up. I thought it was fucked up when he got fired to begin with. Didn't see it coming. I said, fuck yeah, bring him to the bears, you know, and the bears want to do their own thing, whatever. Um, but I absolutely believe him. He has no reason to lie about any of this and to make all this shit up. Like he's not Jesse Smollett here, and he wants to work in the NFL. Like he's not doing this to just like be some lightning rod who's getting media attention. He's like, dude, this is really fucked up, because he knows how qualified he is. Everybody else knows how qualified he is. Okay. And, like, for Belichick to just, like, fuck up and text the wrong dude, I could see that simply just because he's old. I could see how he could fuck up using his phone. Now, you should realize who you're texting regardless, like, sooner. At any point, you should be able to realize you're texting the wrong guy. So, I did see a thing that was, like, in theory, did he do all of this on purpose, knowing the dominoes would fall? blah, 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 or do they have a phone call and they said the text or whatever? I don't think that there's some conspiracy between those two guys as much as that would be fun. Uh, I think Belichick fucked up and it led to the whole thing, which is great, though. It's a positive thing, so it's not like throwing Belichick under the bus or whatever. He's just like, yo, this is fucking stupid. And it totally is. And the Giants say the timeline doesn't end up. Maybe it doesn't, whatever. And the owners... The owner of the Dolphins saying he didn't offer him money to lose? Don't believe it. He definitely did. And Elway to be like, oh, I wasn't drunk at the meeting. We totally took it seriously. It's like, yeah, very easy for you to say. You know? Well, this guy said this, so I'm, my, my response is just like, no, the opposite thing happened. But it's like, why would he make that up? Of all the people, too, that he would go to John Elway, who's like already an NFL legend. He could have named a GM, I don't know, let's say he interviewed in fucking Tennessee, which he didn't, but I'm just saying, like, who's the GM of the Titans? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you who probably 27 of the GMs in the NFL are. But I know who John Elway is. Everybody know, Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to you're going to if you're going to make something up, you got to pick and choose where you're going to do it. Probably not the most like well-known, powerful guy. That you could find like it's he clearly just told a story that happened. It's just how I view it. Um. So, yeah, it's total bullshit, man. And he's probably still not going to get a job. Well, I think all the jobs are full at this point probably. The Saints might still be available. I don't know. Uh but the Dolphins hire some guy like offensive coordinator for the Niners doesn't make sense. Now maybe that guy will be fine. I don't know. Um but it's one of those things I mentioned where it's like, well, is BNME not getting a job because he's black which he probably which probably is the case. Don't get me wrong. So maybe that's a bad example given the context of what we're talking about. Um, but I just mean, like, is Eric Bieniemy the genius or is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, like, are all of those things the reason he's successful? Um, so you're going to pick a guy from the 49ers where everybody praises the coach for being the guy who shaped the offense. So it's like the offensive coordinator is just some placeholder guy. Now, I'm sure he's hiring, like, competent you know what I mean like it's going to be a guy who's competent and all that but I'm just saying like is that the guy who's ready to be your next head coach the guy who just like runs another guy's offense I don't know I don't know it's typically not where I would look so fuck them I hope the Dolphins fail spectacularly I hope they're horrific next year you know And I I hope Brian Flores gets a job, but he's probably going to be blackballed now. You know, he's just going to be the new Kaepernick. That's how this league's going to treat it. And all the articles can come out that they want about how the NFL, like all the publications are right, saying the NFL should do better. And the NFL can release all the statements they want saying the same thing. And Goodell could come out and do the same thing. But this guy still doesn't have a fucking job. They're still not, they haven't actually done anything yet to change anything. I hope he doesn't drop that fucking lawsuit and I hope it goes. I hope it works. I hope he gets his fucking money because that guy deserves it. Been through way too much fucking bullshit. It's just crazy. And then, oh, like Lane Kiffin's going to go get another job somewhere. I get it that he's like confined to college again at this point, but I'm just saying like clowns are running around just not succeeding and doing horrible jobs and just keep getting more and more and more and then you got the most qualified guy you could find you know at home sitting on the couch trying to figure out what the fuck's going on it's just total nonsense so that's just where i'm at with that boy it's been a lot of fun it's been a pleasure Great to chat with y'all here by the fire. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, everything's linked in the description below. Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please, please, goes a long way. Give me those five stars. Give me those, you know, little, little reviews. Say, hey, this guy's the best. Check him out. He's nothing like that Joe Rogan. <laughs> Uh, get the merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Check out Microwave Minutes, available to listen to and in some cases watch, all over. And uh, check out the music, Multiplex and Wolf X, available everywhere. And even better than everywhere, it's available right here. You just click that little drop down, all the links are right there. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice what I did for you? Hmm. <laughs> All right, we'll talk next week, or I will, anyway. (laughs) But before I go, I just want you to remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.